welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Hello, good morning, good evening. Uh, this is On and Off the Pitch, building on success uh, after a weekend which we saw the North London derby with record supporters in the stands. And this was replicated to a lesser degree across the league. There is still the football to discuss. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we've still got to talk about, as much, as much as we talk about the fans, we've got to talk about the football. Um, yeah, it's a result me, yeah, it's a result. It's a, listen, it's a results thing. It's not about the fans. Yeah, <laughs> please. Um, we just talk. Uh, joining me as usual, uh, with a little bit of pain in her heart <laughs> and a big bag of woe is Emma. <laughs> Emma, you are right? I'm good, yeah, not too sprightly. I'm going to say sprightly. sprightly. Yeah, sprightly. I'm feeling good. Sprightly indeed. Uh, I'm going to say hello to Shahan. He's in the house. He said, it's been a while since he's tuned in live. Well, we do, you know, we try to get in early, Shahan, before people, you know, switch off and go and watch Coronation Street and all of that other jazz that's on TV. It's good that you're here, Shahan. Yeah, thank you very much, Shahan. Appreciate it. Um, uh, do you know what, Emma? I, when I sent you the message, I was I like I kept thinking I can't send it now. I can't send it now. Ooh, it's not it's not a good time. It's not a good time. And I thought I'm going to send it. <laughs> I think it was like two minutes after after full time. It, it was actually I was I was meant to send you it during the game, and I was like, no, I can't do it now. I can't do it now. Uh, I can't do it. Right. What we're going to do? We're going to talk about the WSL. Go over the games. We're going to talk about the. Um, women's championship and, and in a little bit more detail from me on the game that I went to, which is the London City Lionesses versus Durham at home, because I, I do tend to travel not too far from home these days. And, you know, it's expensive, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's let's jump into two-footed, studs up, <laughs> the WSL, right? Let's start, jump into it. And and, and and it was a weekend where there were games that went the way that everyone expected. And there were an ups there was an upset. And and then there were what we call poor performances. So I know I, I'm gonna give the floor to you, Emma, because I know you probably got a lot to talk about in terms of Manchester City. But the question I've got for you, right? Um is at what point <laughs> Right. At what point does Manchester City season become a disaster? I mean, it's two games in, but mm. if it's three losses in a row, is it a disaster or is it just we're still, the, the players have got a gel? How, at, at what point? Um, I think we spoke about a bit of patience. Um, and it's, it's a bit frustrating because obviously when you... I mean, you can't take the manager's comments too much out of context, but when obviously a lot of people are hanging on the sense of it is what it is, I just don't find that acceptable. Um, this thing that you have to go a bit deeper. Um, it is what it is, isn't acceptable. Um, that's what I'm struggling to grasp with. And he's used that phrase before as well. So um, it's just frustrating. Um, but it was a much improved performance. I will take the positives away from it. Um, there were obviously a couple of, well, one main decision in the game, I think, that kind of went against us in that respect. But, um, you know, you can't obviously dwell on that at the end of the game. The, the, the game was there for the taking and we didn't, it, again, we didn't take our chances. So a much improved performance, but which I kind of think shows that there is obviously work to do and there is obviously something to build on. Um, in terms of the result, I'm not so disappointed because it is Chelsea, but I do think we were the better team, uh, to be honest. But, you know, Chelsea did what Chelsea do and get the results, you know, when it's maybe up against them, they find a way to win. And, you know, on this occasion, they did that. So I think it was a good game. Um, I'm disappointed with the result, obviously, that we couldn't get anything out of the game. But I still think that um, I'm not calling for his head yet, put it that, put it that way. Um, I think there's a long season, a long uh, way to go. And I think given, obviously, the changes with the squad, um, I'm going to take it game by game. I think, obviously, you're looking at less than hours, a must win. 
in terms of you know if we're not able to go and you know get a result at home against Leicester then there's for me there's obviously something wrong there yeah I mean look we talked about Manchester City's player departure or the players that have departed we talked about the manager wanting to you know bring in players that are, that kind of want to be under his reign that want to he wants to stamp his own mark on the club in terms of the players that were there that the long the long term established players i mean it's it's definitely not the start that manchester city fans would have hoped for i doubt very much it's the start of this that he would have wanted from his from his players and i doubt very much the players would have wanted this kind of with start in light of everything that went on at the Euros. No. You know, you know, with all of the razzmatazz and the, you know, tub thumping, braggadocious, you know, we've got to, this is about the legacy, what's going to happen with the WSL, an established team club such as Manchester City. It's not the advertisement that you went, you would have expected. No, absolutely not. And I think this is where the frustration creeps in because, you know, it's a team and a club that sets its expectations relatively high. And in terms of delivering on those expectations, we've we've barely touched the surface. So, um, you know, something needs to change. And whether it's the mentality, whether it's the personnel, you know, I can't see it lying with the players because, you know, we've got a really strong um, squad at the moment. So um, I think there is an element of the fact that, you know, these a few of them are international players that aren't used to playing in the WSL yet and it's a very different league. You know, we've had a couple of debuts. So I think at the weekend, you know, there are a couple of players that impress. So it's going to take time, um, but we can't afford, at the same time, we can't afford for it to take time either, you know, because, you know, as we know, all teams know in this league that, you know, you can ill afford to to drop points and um, they can quite quickly cost you your position in the league because, you know, teams like Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, United, they're winning. And, you know, if we want to be in and around them places, then we've got to start picking up the results quite quick. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there's a team that, I, that we're going to talk about later on that had a very good performance, um, and it had one of your players on loan. Uh, yeah, and I pose in my head, I'm thinking, why is that player on loan? Yeah, and and for me, she gave one of the best performances of the whole weekend. Um, I thought she was outstanding. Um, some of the skills and. She was just showboating half the time. <laughs> it was brilliant. I, and I really enjoyed it, to be fair. So, um, and that's but there, against the there must, I mean, there must yeah. have been a moment when you watched that and thought, why is she not playing for Manchester City this season? There must have been. Um, I think when the rumours started that uh, potentially she was going to go out on loan, um, I think there was just... Leicester was in the mix as well at, at one point, I believe. But... It's always kind of, I think it might have been lesser last season, but I think she was held back because of the injury issues that we had. And again, I still don't feel that she was really utilised. Um, you know, whenever she's played for City, she's been fantastic. You know, she's ruthless and she, you know, she comes on and she shows that, you know, she wants to play. She plays with intent and she's such a little, like, I don't know, pocket rocket, if you like. You know, when she's on the pitch, she just, she's she's brilliant. Um especially when she's in possession of the ball, you know, she's creative and she's got flair and she's just going to, I think like with Esme, um, this loan move that she's going to have at Everton is is going to be really good for her in terms of getting minutes and, and getting um, experience. Um, and, you know, she'll come back probably a better player, which, which is kind of what happened with Esme. So I think it's a, a good move for both player and both Everton as well. But after the weekend, yeah, you're looking at that and you're thinking, why is she not in the squad? I, I'm baffled. I, I truly am. I'm baffled. You know, when I, I look at that and I think you have a player who's... Um, She's received immense... her first senior call-up as well, hasn't she, for England today? Yeah, so that... but I mean, but like, 
I don't. I, I technically don't understand. I don't, and I and I know that there there are so many players that go out on loan from other clubs, particularly the the, the, the well-established clubs, the bigger clubs, to other teams to get game time. You know, the fact that she's gone to Everton to 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 go and put on that kind of display highlights the question even more. If she was playing in the Championship, no one really bat an eyelid. But for, for, for Manchester City to lose on the same day that Everton go and win against Liverpool and do it in a fashion like that, and she's at the forefront of that team, mm-hmm. then you're like thinking, what? whose decision <laughs> was... Did they catch her on a bad day? Did they see her training, you know, like 5.30 when the lights were going off and the sun was going down and they weren't, <laughs> they weren't quite I sure? So. I, I just think it as part of her development, I just think it's something City likes to do. Um at their at, at the at their at their cost. At our cost yeah, I know. At wow, our cost that's a, that's. Doing, I, but... Hey, I, I don't know what kind of business plan that is, but it's you know it's different. Yeah, it's baffling. But I mean, uh, Jess is always kind of again kind of one of those players that deserved her moment, and she's really getting that. Uh, and she's you know people have may not really know much about Jess Park, but again, she's kind of making a name for herself, and people watch that kind of performance over the weekend and just like. You know who's Jess Park? You know where has she come from? And this is, you know, credit to her and the type of player and person that she is for putting in the effort because she does work hard. Yeah, I mean, I saw her play last season when she did come on, and I knew that she was a player then. You know, so if people are asking who's who's Jess Park, not been paying attention to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, she she her form within that game was not it was not an unknown quantity. In football, if you watched her play, definitely technically gifted, hardworking, very skillful, and 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 is, and is a direct player who wants to score goals. And uh, and any team that has that kind of player in their squad, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, we need to send you out on loan because you're not going to get the minutes, it it brings up other questions which we've touched on before. One, there aren't enough teams in the league. Because if you're sending a player out to get game time and you know that they're not part of the international call-up, which is ever so frequent, then you know that the games that are in the league are so few and far between that the players that are on the bench aren't getting the minutes. That's the problem. It's not about this player not getting enough game time. If there were enough teams in the league, if there were 16 teams or 18 teams, she'd get minutes because your manager would be forced to rotate. You wouldn't send players out on loan. That's the yeah. That's for me. It's almost like common sense, but that question is never put forward. And when they talk about growing the game, I know it's great to have. You know, as I said, this weekend was all about the fans turning up in great numbers for the North London derby. But you know, the legacy of the game isn't about how many people pay to go and watch football. It isn't. You know, that is a a really, really that's a smoke and mirrors exercise. It's about the player development and what happens in club level in terms of trophies that the, the, the teams win. And at the international, it has nothing to do with crowds ever. But, you know, it's a different tune. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I just, yeah, I, I think, you know, are we going to look back at <laughs> that? We are. A, well, yeah. I mean, I, but I just, I don't know. I just think for me, there's a lot more um, pressing things. I'm happy for Jess Park to be out of the way, to be honest. No, yeah, no, I know. We look. I just kind of feel at the moment there's so much more going on that obviously is, you know, she's a young player. You know what I mean? She's got plenty of time ahead of her. She could come back and, and, and come back into the squad next season and be a completely different player. Uh, in terms of her contributions for the for the squad, I just I just kind of feel at the minute that obviously people are scrutinising City and and looking at them uh, as um, a weak link in this league at the moment. And they've been written off already. I've yeah, and, and I kind of, and I kind of I don't, I don't agree with that really. I, I just kind of think that you know don't forget as well. You know, essentially, if we if we would have played Arsenal. You know, and Chelsea in the same month. That's that's a big month for for yeah. City. You know, um, and obviously 
in that respect, it's probably gone in our favour. But, you know, we still should be winning against Villa. You know, we, we're the strongest team, I think, against against Chelsea. So, out of the two teams. So, I think there are, pes- there are uh, positives there. Uh, and obviously, as I said before, it's a results game. We've just got to start getting the results. Indeed. Right. You know, I've got to mention um, Chelsea. I, I do love it when I see Lauren James play. Do love yeah. it. I, thought, and I, I think that's, you know what? I think with Lauren James, you know, everyone was kind of just like, you know, what is she at Chelsea for? You know, we've not seen much of her. But obviously, again, all part of the plan in, in terms of player management for Emma Hayes, you know, she saw the potential in, in James at the very beginning. And obviously she's, she's, done a lot of work behind the scenes with her in training and and now it's coming to fruition for her. Um it's great to see her see her part of Emma Hayes's um you know plans and for the future and she's not just one of those players now that uh, looks as though she's going to sit on the bench, you know, she's actually got a part to play. Yeah, and and it's I, I mean it's so good to see. Really do like to see her play. She's so gifted, skillful, deceptively quick. You know, just yeah. She's a strange player for me because she plays. She's hard to read. You know, she's a player that plays without emotion. You know, she doesn't really bring <laughs> into a game. You know, so I'd love to know what she was feeling. You know, what I mean, she, like yeah, in right. in those sort of big games as well. Um, she's just so cool. Isn't she Com- so she compartmentalizes cool. the emotion, and so this is it. This yeah. is what I don't need to do. And, you know, for, for me, I look at her and I, I you know, I just think it's, it's, it's fantastic from where she was at Manchester United. They expected a lot from her. Obviously, she was, you know, a lot younger then. Um, and Emma Hayes has, you know, you know, obviously worked her magic and the, the, the backroom staff have put down a programme for her to follow. And she's done that and, and, and she's reaping the rewards being in a, yeah, in a right. starting eleven. So, you know. Do you think, do you think for her now looking at, where she is now do you think in hindsight it it was the best move she could have made it was always the best move united no it was always the best move it was always the best move you know i know that manchester united fans may be a bit upset about it until she left but it was the best move for her because you know you got to think about what happened 12 months later or or maybe a few months not 12 months but a bit more you know, Casey Stoney left because, you know, the training facilities weren't good enough. The promises weren't kept, you know, and she was, you know, every other Sunday she was in the the media talking about something and Casey Stoney said this. It, it was the best thing for Lauren to go to Chelsea for whatever reasons it was, whether she was homesick to return to London, whatever, it doesn't matter. The best, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, as, as a young person, Who's, who's gone to a club that have taken their time. And, and you know, Fleming's the same. Just Fleming's the same. You know, you look at it and you think, we're not throwing you in every week to say that we want you to win us the game. We're not doing that. We're taking our time. We know you're going to be the future of the club. Mm. And we're going to do this the right way. We're not hothousing kind of, you. And that's the mm, thing. That's kind of... Like, when you bring new players in, especially, like, young players, like, obviously, we've kind of seen at City, and I don't mean to compare to City because, you know, other clubs have done this too. But, you know, when you bring in players like, I don't know, um, you know, really young players, you know, but they, they need to like have like a season at least to almost because the environments are so different. So like United, when you're comparing United and Chelsea, you know, the the environments of what they're training in and their expectations and, the you know, how it's kind of, like, have you watched that documentary of the, the Chelsea documentary that they did? You what, Chelsea did? Women? No, no, no. No, so it's it's really insightful. So the, it was sort of just before the COVID season and um, it was it was basically like behind the scenes how they're managing players. So it was like Ramona Batman at that point and um, Kerr had just signed and, you know, just trying to get that over the line and, um sort of a lot of like behind the scenes and how they manage the team and how they manage the players and it was really interesting actually to be honest because it's not in a women's in the women's game I think we had the the West Ham documentary but for Chelsea you know that a really like a professional elite outfit if you like in comparison not taking anything away from West Ham but 
you know, like they're a winning squad with a winning mentality and, you know, just to see it, how it all comes together and and one thing and another is really insightful and just how they were managing those players. I think um, it was really interesting, you know, that people always ask the question, how how is it that Emma Hayes manages to keep her squad happy? Watch the documentary because it's it gives you that insight of of how she manages to do it. You know, there were some players that were upset. You know, Bat- Batman was one of them. You know, she was fed up and not being played. Um, there was another player as well, and I can't think of a name. Um, she went to Reading, I think, for a, a, a little while, but she was um, um, again like really struggling. That you know, she wasn't being picked, she wasn't being selected, and. People just want to be in and around Emma Hayes and her team because they are so good at what they do. Um, you know, managing fitness, managing, you know, all the nutritional, the the other elements that go into it as well. And just how that differs to United. Like if you could compare the two and actually have like another United, like a documentary about United where it's kind of able just to see what goes on behind the scenes there. I mean, like it, it is pretty unbelievable that, you know, now we're at a position where we're able to obviously have these, like Tottenham is, is one club, isn't it, that have, have made massive transitions through their sort for their women's team you know they want to try and keep it it, it sort of slimline uh, with sort of the men's sort of how they manage the men's team and it's just really really interesting how how long is it going to take United to to improve the facility and offer something along the same sort of lines in order to get sort of those sort of players that the fans have got the ambition for the one you know but then again, you know, United have had a really good start to the season, and Excellent again, start. showing, you know, potentially that they could be another one of those teams that could um, obviously fight for those places. And once they start doing that, I'm sure that's going to be like a big attraction to get some of those bigger names in that you know fans want to see at the club too. Yeah, listen, I I think. Uh, when Manchester United um, find themselves in a position to to make a documentary, um, the fans will I'm tell you. I'm going to pitch it. Like yeah, let's make yeah. let's make the documentary because I, I I kind of feel that it's important as well. I, I think it's kind of important that we're able to see the differences and where yeah. the investment is and why it is that some clubs have it and some clubs don't. You know, is it because they don't? believe in the product or they don't believe in um developing you know women's players or is it something else you know what I mean it is really interesting and especially when like West Ham were um you know in that initial in those initial stages of obviously coming into the Super League as well um I think over the last few years there has been a lot of growth and development there and they've addressed the sort of areas where they want to see that um transition but i i just you know how how it, 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 there seems to be a gap between certain teams and, and obviously again that reflects in in the league in the league standards and where some of those teams are and in, in the in the table standings too yeah well look i tell you what john, john says hi thank you john um it's nice to see you in the chat hi john John, it's been a while. Um, John, we haven't uh, well, the last we haven't communicated for a while. And as you mentioned that Emma talk about the, the league standing, let's go over the results of the weekend really quickly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, let's talk about the North London derby. In fact, no, I'm just going to go over the results and then we can talk about the North London derby. Arsenal four, Tottenham nil. Uh, Brighton win by two goals to one. They beat in Reading at home. Uh, West Ham United nil. Manchester United two. Uh, Leicester City nil, Aston Villa two. Uh, we already know about the Chelsea Manchester City, but Chelsea did win. And Liverpool nil, Everton three. Now there are a couple of scores there that are for me troubling. Uh, the first one is Brighton Reading, and do you want to know why? Come. They're the only team that lost at the weekend that actually scored a goal in their defeat. 
everyone else that lost zero mm-hmm. zero and, and I, I think to myself when we talk about legacy we talk about a challenging league we talk about the best league you want you want games to to be entertaining for both sets of fans even if yeah. you're going to lose you want to see your team actually get on the score sheet tottenham get blasted 4-0 I expected more. Well, we spoke about it last week. We did listen, I expected hey. a lot more from Tottenham, to be fair, in that game. Listen, I'd, um, I'd, hate, I'd hate to have been in the 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 the, the changing room after that defeat because it would have been choice language. <laughs> I know where uh, City were defensively rubbish, but <laughs> when you're looking at uh, that one, it, it was a bit of a howler, to be fair. I mean, I I don't know. It, it just for whatever reason, it just looked so just disjointed um there was no heart in that performance at all none that that was a nightmare on elm street performance by tottenham women it really was and the one thing that i've not i'd noticed when i watched even when i went to watch the the london city lionesses game durham which we'll talk about a little bit later so many things in terms of when mistakes are made the, the first touch is poor I mean, and when I mean poor, it, it it literally runs away from the player and then the player think, oh God, it's too far. I've got a lunge and it's too late. Yeah, there's no recovery, is there? No recovery. I just think, you know, whatever you're doing in training, even if you make mistakes, there has to be a conversation where you say the first touch has to be accurate. It just has to be in any position. You can lose the ball, you know, if you get tackled, you can lose the ball. If, you know, someone's coming in from the side and, it, you know, they, they they kind of shoulder you off the ball or whatever, and, you know, you, you could say they're not strong enough. But just when there is an unforced error and the player that's the opposing player is 10 yards away and your poor touch gives them a 65-35 advantage from your touch, that can't happen. No. <laughs> it can't. And we saw that for Tottenham. I just I, I felt sorry for the centre back doing that there. You, to believe that you had that amount of time and so, maybe they didn't watch the Euros with Beth Mead. Maybe they were watching Channel Four or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Possibly, might have been I, one of those yeah, other programs I mean, on. I I did. I just I, I went into it thinking that you know Tottenham obviously off of the back of a relatively good performance and the the signings that they made. I thought that they'd you know, looked quite strong. Um, I didn't think it would it, it finish 4-0, didn't it? I thought maybe if he, Arsenal were going to win, it would be a couple of goals. But I think four goals is, is just really disappointing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and for that game as well, the biggest highlight of the game was the number of fans that went. That was the Absolutely. main selling point after everyone, the, the 47 or 45,000. London Derby's is it. Yeah, so, London Derby. It's a London Derby. It always sells well, doesn't it? Um, yeah. No travel costs. You know, we walk there. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the Londoners. But no, I, I mean, um, it, it's just great to see, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, I think even when you just sort of look across the weekend and the average attendance, I think it was something around 9,000, you know. So I think that's really incredible. Just yeah. off of the back of, you know, a few games already that, we're starting to sort of see yeah. the, fan, the sustainability of fans in stadiums and watching the games. So yeah. uh, it's just, I just hope that we can carry it on, really carry it forward. I, I hope, again, I hope, I think I hope Alex Scott was there. I'm sure she was. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Those, those big clubs who didn't want, I'm thinking to myself, I know who you're talking about, you're talking about your former employers. <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it is great. It is really, really good. I think a lot of again, there was a lot. I think was Chelsea about four thousand. I think they said it was sold out, but yeah. I don't. That's the one thing I don't understand. Like when they sell, because there's been a lot of people picking up uh, clubs on the fact that you know they're announcing tickets sold and not bums on seats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I don't know what that's all about because that's not something we've ever done before. It's, it's, an ad, it's, it's part of the like, advertising. Oh, it's like 50,000. Yeah. Look how impressive it is. But really, there was only 40,000 people yeah. there. Well, I mean, it's not too bad. bad. You know, the tickets were so cheap. People were probably buying two. 
just as you know there's like you know donate to charity or something like that um <clears throat> i want to mention very quickly i see john uh, yeah john I, I did say john it was the last time we were actually together was on the last podcast that he did for you know all for united all for united women i'm just really funny that's strange um manchester united are doing really well um you know uh, lucio garcia hannah blundell goals um yeah. good for good for them west ham you know a bit of a blip um aston villa you know rachel daly again on the score sheet um you know, been in by two goals to nil. Really good for Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa were probably going to go and and challenge teams in a fashion that they're not expecting. Um, Reading in trouble, you know, in terms of the yeah. table, not looking good. I haven't seen Reading play for a while. There's space in the championship. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, and, and Liverpool get what we call a, a, a proper slap. Uh, in front of their own fans by their their neighbours, Everton, 3-0. And this is the Everton that we talked about so many times in the previous seasons that are gonna we were gonna challenge and they seem to have arrived. Maybe the bus was lost, no idea, but they turned up this week. Yeah, they turned up this week, but I'm still not entirely convinced. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say sorry, Everton fans. <laughs> didn't want to um... say it. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think that's a sort of one to watch. But I think, obviously, the biggest probably team that have impressed so far, I, I would say, is, you know, United. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, that's the start that they wanted. I think it, it almost gives everybody that bit of confidence that, again, you know, despite the players they've lost, I mean, that they can still perform and get the results. And I think that will give fans, you know, something to get behind, especially, you know, for the rest of the season and in terms of fighting for those third, um, third place, top three positions. So, yeah, I, I think Mark Skinner's done quite well with the squad that he's got and uh, they've put in, in pleasing performances as well. Yeah, you know, definitely. that that I saw at the weekend was, was quite impressive. Obviously, they've got Chelsea coming up as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare. Um, I think they could probably push them probably better than what we could, to be honest, at this moment in time. So, yeah, that'll definitely be a good uh, good game coming up soon. Definitely. Right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to move away from the WSL. By WSL, we're going to talk about the Women's Championship, Hello Championship, uh, just after this. Oh, one more. What, yeah. was, what was your formation today? Oh, I don't know if I should answer that. <laughs> what did it look like? Well, it, it looked like 5-3-2 initially uh -huh. in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Out of possession. Perhaps. Out of possession. We like oh, deflection yeah. in out of a few uh, systems in and out of possession. Okay, okay. Um, so I don't know if I can give the game away on that Well, well okay, right. But I just I just say that it, there I'll was... I'll keep you guessing. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll, well, I'll come back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always come back. But it did look... Which is why I asked my initial question about what was the game plan. There I was. Welcome back. I was talking to uh, Mel Phillips, uh, head coach. Uh, London City Lionesses will kick off with them. Uh, and this was a really tough game to call because, you know, Durham on, on some good form, uh, London City Lionesses as well, mixed start to the season. And Durham are a really tough team, you know, really physical team. And people always say they're a physical team. What I say is they're a very hard working team. And they every single player does a very good job in, in their position. And they've got real hardy there who is a phenomenal, you know, young player, really attacking. Uh, and the clip that I just played was from the post-match. When I saw the initial setup for London City Lionesses, it looked like five at the back, but, you know, three centre-backs and wing-backs. And I couldn't quite work out why, but then I realised that Durham really utilised Rio Hardy's pace on the right-hand side, you know, phenomenally well. They really did try and break the lines. Very cute at the way that they kind of cut out passes to the uh, London City Lionesses or any opposition, their midfield and centre-forward players, um, they kind of really kind of sniff out the angles and they do a really good job. But London City Lionesses matched them. They did a very, very good job in terms of keeping those players quiet. 
Um, you know, I, I thought it was a really, really good even game from both teams. You know, it, how can I say, it's almost like a slightly unfair for Durham not to be even to get on the score sheet. Happy, I'm sure, the London City Lionesses were to keep a clean sheet. But Durham will feel that they should have at least tested the keeper much better than they did before um, before they started to concede and even after they conceded because they still posed the threat. Even at 1-0, they looked like they were um, on a, in a definite ascendancy in terms of what they were going to do going forward. The, the players... Um, on the at uh, their disposal were were fantastic. Heppel, uh, really hard working player for them, you know, phenomenal player. And um, but London City Lionesses, London City Lionesses, to get my my words out, uh, did a really good job. Primus, uh, Ewan's linking up really well going forward. Hopcroft, uh, who's in midfield, who uh, for Lily Ag, who was uh, sent off the previous week for two yellows, did speak to her. She was at the game. Um, you know, they will be really happy uh, with their performance. Um, I thought that uh, Girasoli and Nolan, at, well, playing centre-back and part of the back three, did a really good job. They stood out for me, but there was Huchin, I think, I pronounced their name correctly, really worked hard to close down problems on, on the flank as well uh, with, with um, who else, Hopcroft. And uh, Rogers in the midfield for them. An all-round performance from London City Lionesses who who needed to score goals. And I posed a question to the manager about goal difference in the very first game. And uh, and she said she remembered the question. And every week it seems as if teams are going to score goals against other teams. And, you know, if you, if you draw a game or if you, you concede more, than you did the previous week. Everyone, even though they said they're not looking at the table, they're looking at the table. Mm. They really are looking at the table. Um, fantastic, a, a really fantastic position for, for London City Lionesses. They moved up from seventh to fourth. Lots of of um, goals in the at the weekend, but their 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 scoreline was was probably the best one for them. And, and Durham were the only team to lose and not score a goal. Whereas other teams lost, still scored a goal because, like I said, goal difference is, is really, really important even when you're losing because you don't want the gap to grow that much against the teams that you're around, whether you're at the top of the table or in the middle of the table or at the bottom of the table. I mean, even Coventry scored two goals. I mean, they'd been beaten heavily the week before and the week before that. So they're, they're actually realising that they need to score goals. So they to had get a, a bit of a late surgeon, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. So, you know, I'm going to quickly run through the scores, uh, uh, Emma, and just um, we'll have a chat about some of the teams. Uh, Sunderland 2, and they were winning. At, they were leading Charlton and Charlton 3. Uh, Lewis 2, Sheffield United 2, uh, London City Lionesses 3, Durham 0. They had a player sent off uh, with 20 minutes to go as well. So they'll feel hard done by, but they did work hard. Blackburn Rovers 1, Crystal Palace 3, Birmingham City 3, Coventry United 2. And I, I mean, Birmingham, I wonder how they're feeling about that because it's Coventry knowing that they conceded so many goals weeks before that they don't rack up a big score against them. And Bristol City, who are still top, uh, one Southampton, who are showing everyone already that they're a tough team to crack. One mm. tough, really, really tough. Um, did you catch any of the highlights of this for this bag of fantasticness, Emma? I haven't seen any of the highlights. I I did obviously watch uh, some of the Coventry game, um, but I think. It was the obviously the late surgeons that caught my eye, kind of thing. I was just thinking, can they do it? Um, but obviously, we kind of predicted that Birmingham were going to win that one, um, and obviously, it played out that way. Um, I don't really know what Coventry have got to do, but I kind of feel as though that performance will give them some confidence a little bit. Um, so perhaps even though the result maybe didn't go their way and they were maybe a little bit lucky and like to get anything out of it, in terms of rallying the kind of momentum and the morale within the team, I think it will give them something to work with. 
Um, I think Durham are, are one of the teams at the minute that are kind of surprising me in, in terms of their position because I don't necessarily feel that they're getting the results no. as kind of is to be expected. Um, I kind of I, I kind of had them down, I think, as winning last week. So I kind of think that it's, it does ask a few questions of Durham as to why they're not able to kind of go and get these um, the results perhaps and the position in the league at the minute might be come as a bit of a disappointment for them yeah. but I think it's great to see Bristol you know doing well um, like you said top of the league at the moment um, and it's certainly obviously giving the fans something to cheer about yeah I mean Durham's position as you mentioned is I mean we're only four games in uh, and it is it is you would say troubling and this is a thing when you only have 12 teams you, you look so quickly down the league and you think, oh, we're near the bottom and it's one thing. So only 12 teams, we're not 18 teams or 20 teams. So there is that. Uh, and with Durham's position, you know, they've got four points at the moment. Um, Blackburn on three points. Sunderland have got one point. Coventry haven't got a point, you know. Um, and they're yeah, Coventry and the only team without a point at the minute. They're yeah. the only team without a point. And they will get a point. They'll get a point. They'll get a win. You know, it's just when and where. You know, yeah. and if they look at the table and the teams that are around them, they'll they'll feel confident that they can get a result at some, somewhere along the line, whether it's against Blackburn, whether it's against Sunderland. Sunderland fans will not like me saying that, but Coventry fans will be looking at you and thinking, we can get points off of you. That's what they're thinking right now. It's the teams in the middle, you know, Southampton, new to the league, you know, new, well, they've got really good setup. Katie Wilkinson has moved on from Coventry to Southampton, Really good. She got, I think she got player of the match. Um, fantastic striker. Great link-up play. It, you know, very... I didn't think she was quick, but she is quick. Deceptively quick in a sense. She doesn't look it. Um, but it's just so, so strong. So strong. And once she gets the ball and you, you're... As a defender, if you're behind her, you, you're only going to end up giving away free kicks. <laughs> that's, that's just a yeah. given. Um, Sheffield United will be probably a little bit well, but I think they'll be actually grateful for the point. They'll probably be upset that they didn't continue with the, the winning streak that they had the week before and get the points that they want in terms of all three. Lewis will be upset in the sense that they kind of let this game get away from them and they they end not have all of the bragging rights, uh, no doubt. And Birmingham, who are sitting at, in sixth position, even though they're there, they will be concerned that they conceded two goals against Coventry. That's, you know, if you're going to a team like Coventry, you're, not, you're, you're probably thinking, we don't want to concede any goals against you at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is this is the reality of the league. Um, and then you've, you've got the top five. And it's only separated by three points. London City, Lionesses and Sheffield on seven. Palace and Charlton on nine. Bristol on ten. And I think we did call... The, the Bristol, I think you might have said Bristol to win. And I, I actually, I'm not even sure if I called it as a as a draw, but I knew it was going to be tough. I yeah, knew it was really did, going to be tough. I've just seen Craig's, uh, Craig's comment about uh, three points off top. Yeah, three points off top. Yeah, I'm so glad we're keeping the positivity. But yeah, You've got I, to. I mean, one for Craig, I mean, because you're there, Craig, do you think, do you think, Birmingham underestimated uh, commentary a little bit heading into well, that game. Well, I'm I'm gonna let's wait for Craig to type his answer, and I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say um, I don't know whether they 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 underestimated, but I would say that Coventry probably would have. They're getting they've had a number of new players, and with that club, they've been through so much turmoil that there's got to be a certain amount of negative feeling that's there, even though they're trying to be positive. But when you lose a number of games, you, you, you've got to come together or it forces you to come together and your resolve grows over time. So, you know, I saw it with Watford when Watford were losing last season and then all of a sudden you thought, hold on a minute, they got a point here and you're thinking, ooh, they got a point here. Are they going to go on and get a win? And then they did get a win and then their season changed. I mean, it didn't end well for them, but, you know, uh, you can see the momentum. Uh, Craig, let's get Craig's comment on the board. 
we were three nil up so i wouldn't say so lapses can happen but we have had more than we should have but <laughs> yeah uh, you know what it is i'm going to say it's the poor touch the poor poor first touch i think even uh, i was actually going to be cheeky and say um that molly green thought she was still playing for coventry as her own goal <laughs> in the 89th minute thinking it was a survival uh, game from relegation i'm only joking molly yeah you're fantastic um but no it's it's really in, I know it's going to be difficult when you've got so few teams in a league it is so important that your goal difference is in the positive and it's and it's not there isn't a like a clear and present distance between the, the teams around you because when you get to the point when you're starting to draw games and everyone's on the same points and it's close it might it may actually come down to goal difference mm-hmm you know, and even with, like, say, Sheffield United, who are in fourth, that they've got a, pos- a plus nine. They're fourth and a plus nine. Bristol have got a goal difference of plus four. Charlton plus five. Palace plus five. London City Linus is plus three. So that three nil win against Durham, they'll be like jumping. They'll be happier with the goal difference, and they may not like me saying it, but looking at it, points are great. But you always want to make sure that you score more than the opposition than you than you can see. It's just football. It's yeah. football. As much as you look at the points and think oh, we'll you know, be in the league. Yeah, you, you just... never know. I mean, like, I know, obviously speaking from experience, it you know, it's gone down to, you know, goal difference and, and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. you know, it does count for something and you have to obviously have that in the back of your mind as well when you're playing these games. Yeah. And Craig, Craig was comments still find it weird seeing her play centre back. Mm. Yeah, you know, every manager has got um has their own point of view about where players should play and and what that means and what that means to them. You know, with the championship, right? And I I I I do bang the drum a lot. And this is the one thing that I ne- neglected to mention when I was talking about uh London City Lionesses. And it was a very open game between them and Durham. And it was something that I, I noticed when I watched the the, the Liverpool-Everton game and also when I saw the highlights of the North London derby, especially for the goals. I mentioned it earlier, Emma, the, the first touch, the, the poor first touch, is especially by players in defence. They were like For London City Lionesses, I will, I will say that one of their players, their first touch, they were comfortable with the ball. The player was opposing them and they I don't know what they were doing. It got away from them. And then all of a sudden, they then end up in this tangle with the opposing player where they then end up giving away a free kick on the corner of the penalty box that they're actually defending. And they had plenty of time to clear the ball. And it didn't happen just once. It happened like twice. It could be even three times. I'm thinking you can't afford to do things like that in any game if you're playing in defence. It's a given rule. If you're not sure about what you're going to do with the ball, knock it up the channel if you don't know. But don't allow your touch to be that far ahead of you that the next thing in your mind is, oh, shit, I've now got to lunge in and give away, not to give away a free kick, but you lunge in thinking I've lost the ball, I've got to make a tackle, and you mistime it. And I thought to myself, wow, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, especially what, at centre back. This this is one of my pet peeves at the minute as well because I kind of feel that I mean obviously City play out from the back, um, but a lot of teams have started to do it too, and obviously you do end up. Um, as Craig says, like inviting yeah, yeah. more more pressure to you, and obviously, as though it it's frustrating as a fan when you're watching it because you kind of feel like, yeah, they're they're cool, they're calm, they're collected, they know exactly what they're doing, but there's still that element inside of you getting annoyed because you just you feel like you're obviously just inviting that pressure, and obviously the pressure can lead to mistakes. I've, you know, we've seen it at the weekend um, in our own game. And, you know, there's nothing more frustrating about it. And I'm starting to think now, because it becomes almost too predictable, that mm. oppositions are now starting to understand the philosophy that we always talk about and the way that we play, that they just know how to eradicate it. 
because we can't do anything different. <laughs> you know, we always do the same thing and always say that we stick to our principal play, but people, you know, we're not able to do anything different. You know, I you rarely see um, Ellie Roebuck or, you know, those other players hoof the ball up. AKB might do it every now and again, but, you know, you rarely see it in a game. Um, and it, it almost, again, is, is that that that's just the way we're play, playing. We're that stubborn to just mm. continue to play that way all the time that it, it's almost our own fault. <laughs> we find ourselves in these positions in the first place because, you know, the intensity of the game is getting so much higher. You know, Villa, Chelsea, they were so uh, aggressive in their play um, resulting to the goal. It is. Every every team is trying to play it from the back. You know, and if the legacy of the Euros or the legacy in terms of the investment is that there are there are there are there's more focus not just about playing football but on the the formation, the manner in which you defend from the front. Mm. Um, and fitness because you need to be fit to do all of those things you yeah. know because if you're going to defend from the front you're asking your strikers or your your number 10 or second striker and your wing backs and your midfield advanced to do that press and know where to pick things off and I think you know when you have teams that that work really hard to do that they they do reap the be- the, the benefits of it I just felt that when I was in, in relation to the game that I went to see, I just felt that, you know, London City Lioness has had plenty of time on the ball at the back where they were very comfortable, but there were times that one of their defenders actually spent just a little bit too long and either they didn't anticipate the challenge, not challenge, but the, the approach from the opposing player to be as quick as it was, or they just they just couldn't control the ball in the manner that they wanted to. But nevertheless, it still left a moment where I'm sure their their backroom staff and management thinking, why the hell are you doing that there? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in it wasn't in the opposing half. You're talking about literally about five to ten yards away from your own penalty area, and there's no covering defender. You're the centre back. So we yeah. saw it in the North London derby, where the centre back is the central figure. So the two like they play with a three, they've pushed wide because they want to spread the play. You can't afford to make a mistake there. And once she, her first touch is poor, yeah. there's no recovery. And it makes it, I mean, it's a novice mistake for, for, for players who have got so much experience. That's the, mm. that's the bit I'm talking about where I think, okay, play out from the back, get it. I can understand. But if you're going to do that, one, it needs to be at a quicker pace. And two, your first touch has to be a sure touch. It has mm-hmm. to be very confident. And it can't be two or three yards away from your body while you look up, hoping to see, and you then lose where the ball is. And you're doing that kind of like, oh, where's... And, and then you just lose everything. You're asking questions. You either know where you're going to pass the ball or you know the picture around you. And I, I, and I thought for, for some of the players that have... I've seen play for a number of games now. I thought to myself, that's a mistake that you shouldn't, you should not be doing, mm. you know, and you, I mean, anyone can tackle you when they're close enough. You can get shoved, you can get kicked, you know, they can go for the ball, but when the opposing player is 10 yards away, your touch has to be sure. It has to be sure. And I don't care anyone who's, you know, reviewing the North London derby or looking at any game where any of the centre-backs or defenders do that, as much as you praise the attacking player, as much as you praise the goal, you've got to say to the defender, you cannot do that ever again. That is something that you can never, ever do. Ever. Just, just not allowed. (laughs) No. Not allowed. I'm not telling you off, honest. we We are just seeing so much more of it, though. Yeah. Um, and whether or not that's just because, you know, it's early in the season, players are finding their feet, finding their fitness, confidence, maybe, I don't know, playing with new players, um, new partnerships, new relationships on the pitch. Uh, you know, it could be a lot of different factors. But um, 
yeah, it, it certainly needs to improve. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Craig, Craig has put in here and he said, um, just because they changed the rule about players being in the box for goalkeeper, yeah. everyone thinks that. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't all line up on the line and just go, let's play. Let's play. Um, what's that game where everyone used to run at someone to see if they could get tagged? Bulldog. Run past. Bulldog, British Bulldog, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same. Not nah. the same. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, right. Uh, that's oh, no, no. It's not that. That's not it. You know what? There are games coming up. I know this weekend is Conti Cup, right? Oh, the Conti Cup. Yeah, I'm not talking about it. There you go. <laughs> I'm not. Because I'm not. Not, I'm not everyone's not, playing, is there? Yeah, not, that's uh, the thing. I'm not. You know, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Um, there are some of the London. I just. I'm not I'm not doing it. What I will do is you know we did the 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 no score predictions. Yeah. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Yeah. I want you to listen to this, right? This is from what we did last week. And listen mm-hmm. to what I say, right? Listen to this. <laughs> no, it's great. I know it's great. No score predictions, right? Are just fine. Because it means that you don't say who is the winning team. What does that mean? What does that? What is it? If no score prediction, you don't say. You've got to say the winning team. What, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I've got a clue. I was listening back to it <laughs> thinking, what the? What does that mean? No score prediction. You don't have to say the name. What if you're not saying the name? What are you doing? That's, uh, yeah, you've made no, a, made a rod really, for your old back there. I, I made a rod for rods. I made a rod for rods back. That's what that is. <laughs> um, we've, got a, we've got a comment, is it, from Shahan? And, oh, no, Craig says um, Cyrus cancels Conti Cup shocker. Yeah, Oh, exactly. what a headline. It is. <laughs> Just do that. Not talking about it. Just got, That's what I'm t- I'm going to tweet that. Not talking. I just can't. I can't do it. <laughs> um, Shahan's asked the question what are your views on the re- re- respective news about the Lionesses squad and Tony Duggan got to be honest Shahan I haven't got a Scooby <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard Tony Duggan and Lionesses in the same sentence for god how many years yeah I mean like is, is, is she, is she in the squad is she what she part of the, what, she part, she part of the back she part of the backroom staff what's going on Let's, I didn't see this. a name. I didn't see that. Yeah. What's, no? no. I don't know. You're going to have to elaborate on that one, Sean, because I have got been at work all day, mate. I've had to be at work and come back. Yeah. And I've not got a clue what's going on. Sorry, Sean. We're not up to speed with uh, current events, even though this is about football. There you go. Um, it is a very um, some you know new names in the school. Not new names, but. Like we spoke about Jess Park, she's got a first senior call up. Yeah. Um Salmon's back in there. Uh, who else? Zellen. Zellen's okay. been called up. Morgan Lucy Parker from West Ham. Really? Yeah. And Jess Carter back in the squad too. Jess Carter. Mm. Oh, it says um this is uh, uh Everton forward Tony Duggan reveals she's pregnant. That's the leap. Well, congratulations oh, to Tony. Duggan, like, oh, oh, everything's well, going nice. Yeah, imagine good. if she did get a call up and she was pregnant. That would have been real news. Shahan, I know. <laughs> that, it's just because you put that in, like put that together. Like, oh, like, what, that what's going on? Different, like. Come on, Shahan. Interesting. You, know, you, 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 you um, almost did me in there with that. Yeah, two different think, news stories. I think it's um, with regards to Lioness squad. I think it's refreshing. Obviously, two friendlies, good opportunity to give. Uh, some minutes to some of the other players that have been on the fringes of the squad. So um, yeah, that's that. I kind of like to see that, especially obviously in a run up to a World Cup as well. So it gives the, op- the likes of Zellum, you know, a, a bit of an opportunity to to maybe potentially been be in contention for that. Right. Um, I've got a question for you. I haven't looked at the squad, Emma. I haven't looked at the squad. Yeah. Is Lauren James in the squad? Lauren James, I, yeah. I think she is, isn't she? Is she? Is she? I, I, 
I haven't looked. I'll tell you now. Hold on. I apologise. Yeah, no, she is. Sorry. Yeah. Excellent. Right. I saw Lauren Hemp, and I'm sure I saw Lauren yeah. Jane. Yeah. And and Craig has said, hopefully, Ebony finally plays. Says it every yeah. time. I hope so too. She Craig, ain't gonna play. She might I as well go and play for Jamaica. I think, to be honest, like these, I don't know who the other opposition is. Apologies, it's at Stoke, isn't it? But obviously, I know we've got the USA. Um, two good opportunities, I think. To, but I, I hope she utilizes the squad. I hope she gives sort of opportunities to those that have been patient in that respect. You know, like um, obviously Mary's the number one at the moment, and rightly so. Um, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, I'm not even going to go there because she is the number one, and I, I'm happy to say that at the moment. But I just kind of feel feel that there are players that have kind of been on the fringe that have been deserving of minutes. I mean, like Salmon, like you said, she's really been patient and she's waited a long time for her opportunity and it would be great to see her out there um, because she's such a top quality player that I think obviously we've missed because she's been abroad in the NWSL that, you know, many fans, I mean, I don't really keep up the NWSL, so be quite excited to see how she's developed and grown as a player. Mm, I, I, to be honest, I'm I I try to at one point keep up with going on, but there's a the whole you know hour time. Is, I, I can't do it. One, I don't have Twitch, and two, it's, it's when they start to play, I'm in my bed. So you know, <laughs> I've even <laughs> tried it. I've even tried it where you you know you set an alarm, you just get up for the game, and I, 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 oh, yeah, that's honestly. I can't do it. I Some things in it. life I just can't do. That is they, one of it, them. They need to have that football on a normal <laughs> channel. You at know. a normal time. <laughs> well, not even so much a normal time. I don't have Twitch. And if you don't watch it on Twitch, you don't, you don't, you just don't see anything. And I'm like, thinking, well, I don't have Twitch. So I'm not going to do that. And and I love Cray's comments about uh, Ebony, uh, you know, hope she uh, finally plays. And then he says, rocking up the air miles. Classic. Hope she's flying uh, Virgin Atlantic because she definitely gets some first class treatment there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right, Emma, we've literally run over time by about three minutes, which is terrible. Uh, but it's been great having um, some comments from Shahan and Craig. Yeah, it's like been old, nice. Thanks, it's, guys. It's, it's like old times. Thanks, guy. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, Emma, what are you going to do this weekend without uh, club football? Oh, there is club football. Are you going to watch Conti Cup? No. <laughs> Okay, uh, no, I did have a lot to be honest to see if there was any games that I could get to, but um, I think I can't make any kind of local games. Um, I might be up for going uh, watching some um, sort of national league football. Uh, I've been Excellent. invited, to a, yeah, invited to a game with one of my friends, so I said I would try and get there if I could. Um, so I'm gonna do that i think maybe yeah, i'm but not doing like anything it's in the middle of the week <laughs> i'm not doing anything i'm on sunday uh, we've got an electrician coming around so i'm housebound you know so oh yeah go. oh that's, that's one of those when you've got to stay in all day yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know i've got to make sure that the kettle's filled we've got flasks everything everything's has yeah. to be charged are you like me, like when something like that happens, so you, you know, they'll give you a time sort of like eight or five, but then they turn up at like five to five? Fortunately, it's my, <laughs> fortunately, it's my friend who's the electrician. All so right. he's going to come at 10. And okay. hopefully knowing him, he wants to be done within a couple of hours. So that's good. Yeah. Because then I'll still be able to turn on the TV and see what's happening in the real world at a real yeah. time. Um, you know what's good also Craig I'm, I'm putting this out to you now I want you on the podcast at some point I need to hear from you about Birmingham please so I know that you're a busy man but we can set a time so we can have a chit chat because I want to know what your what your thoughts are for, about Birmingham in the WC yeah um, I would like to hear yeah, that it's good it's good because you know was it hold, like, was it, what was it hold, hold the line Hold the line, yeah. Hold the line. Oh. Hold the line. Hold the line. 
Right, Emma, uh, thank you again um, for this. I, I, I think we're going to have a little bit of a week break next week. We're not going to do anything because I'm not covering. I've cancelled Conti Cup, so I'm not covering anything <laughs> at the moment. But if I do anything, it'll be a recorded thing, and it won't be live. Apologies, guys, because I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to be available to watch games uh, live because, as I've said, we've got some housework happening. Uh, Emma, thank you very much. Pleasure, Rodney. Thank you for having me. It's always good to chat to you, and um, and it's always good to to see peeps. Um, Shahan, yes, of course, Shahan, you're going to come back on. He says, hope to get my invite back on soon. Yes, yes, Shahan, and you, don't worry, I haven't forgot. In fact, I'd love to get all of the Holder Line gang on and have a, a good old chin wag. And, yeah, and it, could be be a, it could be at a time that's suitable for everyone where we just chew the fat about stuff, like, you know, unscripted, just talk about football and what we thought about the season so far would be great. Um, and you can bring your own tea because I'm not doing tea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe. If you don't, tough. You won't get to know <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but if you could send a comment and like would be very nice. Uh, I'm Rodney Cyrus. This is On and Off the Pitch. That was Emma. And until next time, laters.